Yeah, it makes a huge difference because ultimately this is about uh, affordability. Uh, the, the times that we live in, there's a, a cost of living crisis for everybody out there. And uh, at a time, I, I guess, when they could at least do without it, up until, uh, certainly up until April, there is a cost uh, for public patients, for an inpatient service in a public hospital. And as per Budget 2023, uh, cabinets have signed off on that. And the charges are going to be scrapped. Um, and they're significant. They're, they're 80 euro up to a, a maximum of 800 in the previous 12 months. So that's quite considerable uh, on top of, I suppose, all the other charges that... Uh, that a sickness brings into your life as well. So every, this is, I was going to say every little bit helps, but this isn't a little bit, this is quite significant. And the cost alone, I think, is going to be in the region, the government estimated about 30 million uh, euro to the service. Um, but there's one thing I would like to mention in this, actually, and it hasn't been discussed, and it's the public patient waiver. Uh, I've had a personal experience of it myself over the years, not in recent years, I have to say now. Um, and for those fortunate enough to have health insurance distress, um, this is a part of that cohort. But um, many times I was asked to sign my, I sign my away my rights as a public patient uh, when attending a, a public hospital, because the charges that uh, the HSE level on, levy on the insurance companies is quite significant. That 80 euro per day is actually uh, over 800 euro per day. Um, if you sign a waiver and you're admitted as a as a private patient in a public hospital. So I think that needs to be sorted as well because it has an impact on premiums, which is another uh, significant cost for a lot of people. So although this is, we're discussing public inpatient charges, there are a lot of people, and not as many obviously as recent years, but uh, there's still a lot of people out there with private health insurance. So I think uh, it needs to be looked into that... Um, that cost is passed on not just to the patient, but uh, that it's not levied subsequently on the insurance companies. Um, but in any event, it's a very welcome uh, decision, and um, it is part of, of Slaunch Care Initiative, uh, Universal Healthcare for All, and it's in the programme for government. So I think we need to put that in context that this isn't something that's uh, announced uh, out of the blue. Yeah. Um, it's also something upon which um, that we voted the government uh, into office. So, um, you know, they are holding themselves accountable in this regard. And it's, uh, yeah, I very much welcome it. Uh, what about yourself, Kay? What difference is this going to make, you know, for elderly patients, given that those in the elderly age cohort are more likely to, to have to visit hospital and perhaps have longer stays? Well, it's very welcome. And actually, uh, to have that abolished, and it's due to come in, as you say, there in April, Um so, but an awful lot in active retirement, a lot of our members would have a medical card. So in that sense, it wouldn't apply to them. But to those that don't have a medical card, it's a great um, safety net for them now that they don't have to worry when they're in a very vulnerable state during illness to worry about this 80 euros cost on top of everything else. And um, the, the one, a big concern that active retirement have is that there might be a fallout because the hospitals will have to be reimbursed for their loss of revenue, and you'd wonder what will be hit, what will that come in some other guise? Will it be a charge? Will it be a cut that will be put somewhere else that we'll have to pay for in the long run? I'm not saying it will, but, you know, the hospitals can't lose out either. Yeah, very, very good point, actually. And uh, John, your own experience of being in hospital uh, and dealing with what you're dealing with was... You know, you'd have enough on your plate without worrying about the cost, the charge. Was was that something that played on your mind? Or? 
Yeah, I suppose I can I can discuss it from both sides of the fence because uh, I have a medical card now and obviously shouted loud enough for that. But prior to that, uh, at the initial stages of my own uh, treatment, yes, it was something that did play in my mind because every day you were kept in was another charge and ultimately we waited for the bill to come and invariably it always came at an inopportune moment um, when there was other um, lot of consultation fees. And you're at that point, you know, um, where... You don't want to be worrying about money and uh, whether public or private are, in my case, a combination of both. I wanted to meet anyone at the time, public and private, that could tell me what was going on, give me um, the best treatment that I could possibly get to, to you know, to, to keep me alive, basically. Um, so that was a worry. Um, and with the medical card now, as Kay was saying there, you know, those uh, those charges are not applicable to those with a medical card, but that's another issue too, I guess, for another day in that um, the amount of medical card holders and uh, the amount of revenue that the um, public hospitals are generating has been significantly decreased uh, at a time when, you know, they're all clamoring for money and uh, budgets are finite at the end of the day. So something has to give. So it's, it's, um, it's something that uh, will have to be, I suppose, budgeted for moving forward and as in you know, there's significant revenue that was generated over the last number of years that's no longer there. Um, but I suppose it's worth mentioning too, uh, Alan, that uh, in all of this, and it's extremely welcome news, and it's a positive uh, news story, which is nice to hear for a change, but it's not doing anything and won't do anything to assist the problems that currently exist in our hospitals. And I know that you've discussed that many, many times. Uh, in fact, it could be argued that it will add to it. Um, but, um, you know, that's, as I said, another argument for another day. Yeah, very, very true, and in cave particularly from your members in active retirement Midwest, there's so and other people in general as well. There's just with the cost of living and inflation and so on. There's just so many other financial considerations uh, and burdens to worry about. Uh, taking this off the table is going to be a, a, ma- of a massive benefit. Oh, it is. I, th- I certainly agree with you there, Alan. It is indeed. And uh, it will help, as I say, you know, at, at, at a time when people are very vulnerable to whether you have a medical card, it won't apply. But if you don't have a medical card, it will apply. And one word of caution might be that people that have private health insurance, uh, there's a little bit of uh, speculation going on at the moment that they might drop their private health insurance. And I don't think that that's a good idea for anybody. This will have to settle and we'll have to see you know, what it will contribute towards our health care. And, I mean, anything that contributes to a fairer health system for us all is good, as long as, I said, there are no knock-on effects on other services. We'll have to wait and see how it runs. John, this is one less thing for patients, cancer patients, to have to worry about. But what other supports would you like to see or what do, what other supports do you think are needed to, to help patients who are in treatment for cancer? I think community services uh, are a huge um, support network that uh, when it works, it really works. In my case, it really, really works. Actually, only today I'm meeting with um, the HSE in relation to community services for cancer patients. And um, we know the services that are available through the uh, various public hospital networks um, and outpatient clinics, etc. But the community services that are provided publicly are second to none, um, but access to them is very difficult uh, in some in some cases and myself I have access to them for the last number of years and uh, they've been phenomenal I attend a lymphedema clinic every month in Ennis it was a pilot project 
uh, established uh, a couple of years ago and uh, Ennis was fortunate enough to be the first in the country to have opened and it is extraordinarily successful for those of us living with lymphedema um, it's a life changer, an absolute life changer. It gives you a quality of life that um, we didn't think we'd have. But we do, thanks to uh, our public services uh, through the community intervention teams and the, uh, the, the clinics around the country. And I think people need to be made aware of what's available um, through our public services outside of the hospital environment within the community. And, you know, the services, the, the broad range of services, whether it be in-house calls uh, to, you know, whether you go to... For example, in my case, as I said, to the community intervention or indeed lymphedema clinics, um, they're, they're fantastic. There's another thing, actually, uh, Alan, about the, the local injury units. Maybe I think it's uh, Minister Donnelly could look at what's happening there. There's a charge of €75 Euro if uh, you're not referred by a GP, but when it comes to the, the local injury units, we're talking about you know broken bones, burns, that type of thing. Hmm. And if, if something happens, a young child, or not even a child, anyone, for example, that um, you want to go straight to, uh, we'll say, a local injury unit, or sometimes you can't even get an appointment in the GP. If you go straight to the injury unit, you're charged €75 for the privilege. Um, Fantastic service. But I think we should look at at that kind of a charge because then you avoid um, the the, the saturation points, which are the the, uh, A&Es at the moment as well. So I think broadly we're moving in the right direction, but um, the momentum that's that's there as a result uh, of this announcement over the last few days. We need to build on that and uh, continue moving forward and, uh, you know, take the the pressure off the areas in the public health service that uh, are currently uh, experiencing extreme difficulty. And um, the more that's done in that regard, well, ultimately the the benefactors are patients. It's you and I, it's, it's, uh, it's society in general. And this is, Kay, being described as uh, another significant step in ensuring that people can access uh, affordable health care. I guess some people who may, who needed medical care perhaps up to now may have been put off going to hospital to, to avoid the cost and that could have been to the detriment of their own health and this is one less thing to worry about in that regard. Well, yes, I agree with you there totally. But I mean, anybody who needs to go to hospital, let's be honest, Alan, they'll go to hospital, you know. But I mean, so once you get to the hospital then and the way our system is at the moment, is insane. And, and you know, ongoing, <clears throat> really and truly, that needs to be sorted. What can sort that is the million-dollar question. I don't, I don't have the answers for it. But I mean, at the moment, I, I can't see anybody not going to hospital over financial reasons at the moment. Uh, and indeed, John, Kay can't see people not going to hospital over financial reasons. Could one knock-on effect of this move to abolish the inpatient charges be? And I'm just thinking in relation to the situation we've seen with our hospitals, the protests at the weekend over overcrowding in A&Es and obviously a big protest in Limerick over University Hospital Limerick, uh, that not having to pay every time means potentially that more people will attend hospital due to not having the financial pressure of a bill when they attend and we could see that situation would overcrowding exacerbate. Yeah, I'm not too sure if it'll, if it'll, to that extent. I mean, bear in mind, you still have to be admitted through an A&E. And um, for inpatient charges, and if you're not referred by a GP, uh, the cost, uh, there's still a cost to be admitted, or there's still an A&E cost. Uh, so that's why most people obviously would get the referral. So I'm not too sure. It's, it's the, for, these are inpatient charges. So you'd all be, already be admitted um, to the hospital or you'd be there um, in the day wards. So um, I'm not too sure if it'll lead to uh, an increase in people showing up, but um, it, what it does ultimately is just ease the burden, Alan, on those that uh, that have to stay in hospital or indeed are using the day wards for uh, whether it be cancer patients or otherwise. 
and uh, that's very, very important um, in order, I suppose, the, where we could look at or where the, the government could look at uh, in terms of, of easing the burden, as I say, is through the local injury units. Um, I think uh, from time to time they're not uh, used as they should be in terms of people not going there. It's, all, it's, it's always uh, you head to A&E, but as we know, there are um, significant challenges that uh, have been for many months now, especially in the Midwest. Um, and obviously the the, the uh, protest in Limerick the other day was um, there was a huge turnout for it, absolutely huge. So the, I suppose the, the feeling within the, the Midwest is that something uh, obviously needs to be done and needs to be done um, as soon as possible. There are people suffering out there as a result. And we've all heard the horror stories, um, you know, from patients within the... Uh, Within uh, UL, and um, it's 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 not getting any better, unfortunately. Um, hopefully, we're we're past the uh, I suppose the the winter period whereby um, there was the, the perfect storm in terms of uh, respiratory illnesses and COVID uh, illnesses that um, so many people presented and clogged up the system through no fault of their own, I hasten to add. But at the same time, there was the capacity wasn't there to deal with it. That seems to have. Um, that seems to have righted itself to some respect, but on saying that, we're getting accustomed to hearing of uh, so many people on trolleys, etc. And it doesn't make it right just because it's happening. And uh, they, I mean, the object of the exercise here is to have uh, zero people waiting on a trolley. Will that ever happen? Probably not. But um, we've been accustomed, been accustomed to figures now that are scandalous. And um, whatever needs to be done in that respect uh, to, to ease the burden, uh, it needs to be done. Um, and the the announcement for the inpatient charges, whilst it may not um, may not affect that directly, but it's it's uh, as I said at the very start, it's something that's very welcome as part of the programme for government, along with a lot of other initiatives as part of the Sloan Clear yeah. initiative. And um, we've got to hold our, our public representatives accountable and ensure that uh, over the course of the, the term of this government, that um, what uh, they have promised to do will be done and subsequently implemented.